Legendary investor Jim Rogers is very concerned about today's vastly overleveraged economy and grossly distorted financial markets. An astute scholar of history, Jim, who's nearly 80 years old, predicts we are headed for the worst downturn in his lifetime. Worry? When the next bear market comes, it's got to be worse than 2008 because the debt is much, much, much higher than in 2008. Now, unless you know some miracle that's going to do something about the debt, it's got to be worse. Welcome to the brand new Wealthion.com YouTube channel. I'm Adam Taggart, founder of Wealthion, and every week on this channel, we'll be helping you make sense of money and the markets by bringing you the latest insights and wisdom from the world's top experts in investing, economics, and personal finance. And to deliver on this promise, we'll be bringing you an interview every day this week in a series we're calling Insights from the Masters of Wealth, starting with this excellent discussion with the legendary investor, Jim Rogers. So if all this sounds good to you, please take a second to subscribe to this channel below. And with that out of the way, let's get straight into the interview with Jim Rogers. We have the legendary Jim Rogers. He is an author, financial commentator, uh, and very successful international investor. Uh, you've probably seen him either on Times, The Washington Post, uh, New York Times, Barron's, Forbes, Fortune, Wall Street Journal. He's done it all. Um, and uh, he's also been a visiting professor at Columbia University. Um, but what's great about Jim is uh, he really gives back. So he was very successful in his early career. Um, after going to Yale and Oxford, he was no slouch. Uh, intellectually, he then co-founded the Quantum Fund, uh, which during its first 10 years uh, posted a return of over 4,000% at a time where the S&P uh, barely managed to do around 50%. Um, so uh, definitely a smart cookie. Um, he then retired. He uh, took a motorcycle, biked around the world, got himself in the Guinness Book of World Records in the progress, and uh, now basically shares his perspective and wisdom with uh, curious-minded investors from around the world. We're incredibly lucky that he was able to join us today from Singapore, no less. It's very late his time. Jim, thank you so much for making the time to join us. Well, Adam, I'm delighted to be here. You know, I still have time to talk to you, then I can get to the disco. <laughs> right. Gosh, I, if, if I accomplish a quarter of what you do in your life, uh, Jim, I'm going to consider myself an extremely lucky man. So uh, I want to start this, this interview the way that I start them all, <clears throat> which is uh, by not introducing any of my biases first, uh, positively or negative. I just want to ask you, Jim, what is your view of the state of today's financial markets and the global economy? Well, Adam, I'm sure you know, if you look out the window, you see printing presses everywhere. Every Nearly every central bank and every government is spending and borrowing and printing as much money as they can. Markets love it. Uh, I'm not sure what the world is going to think about it in a few years. Somebody's, you know, Adam, it's good to be old. Young people have a very bleak future ahead of them. I got a couple of young kids. Oh, my gosh, someday people are going to wake up and say, wait a minute, where did all this debt come from? Now what do we do? Oh, it's going to be bleak. You know what happened to all the other countries in history that have gotten themselves deep into debt? <sighs> Hasn't been pretty. All right. So um, I, I had asked that question because I had done some reading, Jim, and, and you uh, had made this following quote, I think, last week. Um, the next time we have a bear market or an economic problem, 
it's going to be the worst in my lifetime. I was born in 1942. So the next time we have a problem, it's going to be the worst you've ever seen, certainly worse than the depression. Now, that's consistent with the statements that you just made. Um, I guess my question is, is uh, how, how, how do you expect this to manifest? Where are the weakest points in the system? And um, where do you see the worst of the pain being experienced? Well, Adam, the depression ended in 1942 when I was born. So I, I don't know if it's going to be the next one's going to be worse than the depression, but it's certainly going to be the worst, worst in my lifetime. Uh, and the financial markets, as I said before, with all this money printing, markets are, they think it's just wonderful. Adam, give me trillions and trillions of dollars and I will show you a very, very good time. It's wonderful. I don't know about my kids or your kids or anything else, but it's not going to be good down the, down the road. Uh, because yes, lots of money being printed and spent, markets are going up, markets love it. It looks like we may be entering a, a blow off period, especially if we enter a blow off period, then when the next collapse comes, it is going to be very, very bad. In 2008, we had a problem because of too much debt. Well, since then, Adam, the debt everywhere skyrocketed, skyrocketed, even in China. China didn't have any debt 20 years ago. Now even China's got a lot of debt. So I don't know who's gonna bail us out uh, next time around, probably nobody. And maybe even the money printers will run out of trees. They're gonna have to print so much. So I, I worry when the next bear market comes, it's got to be worse than 2008 because the debt is much, much, much higher than in 2008. Now, unless you know some miracle that's going to do something about the debt, it's got to be worse. Yeah, I sure wish I did. So it seems like the huge question then, Jim, is um, regarding the debt is, you know, it's that, that classic, you know, inflation versus deflationary outcome, right? Is, 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 and I'm curious if you see a a higher probability on one side or the other. Do we do we collapse under these debts and we have huge debt defaults that you know ripple through the system and bring it down? And of course, that's very deflationary. Or you mentioned earlier that the central banks are now just printing trillions willy-nilly. Uh, you know, do the debts remain, but they just get you know inflated away basically because we've killed the currencies? Do you do you have a at, at the moment, you know, there's no no demand everywhere, so we're having deflation, or certainly not inflation, with uh, airports empty, et cetera, et cetera. Nobody, the, the price of gasoline is down, price of everything is down because there's no demand. But eventually, throughout history, when you print huge amounts of money, Adam, I mean, history is pretty clear. It has always eventually led to higher inflation in, uh, when you print too much money, when demand comes back. It leads to inflation. It always had. Now, maybe it won't this time. Maybe somebody's coming, you know, Janet Yellen says, don't worry, we've solved all the problems. We won't have a bear market again. She got a PhD from an Ivy League university. So if you believe her, then things are going to be great. But uh, my reading of history is they either going to default or print it away, uh, deflate it, uh, inflate it away, make the money paper money workers. There is a new theory around at the moment and whenever there, there are problems, anybody who's got a theory, if it sounds reasonable, people start to use it. Remember Mr. Marx, Mr. Marx had a great theory. There are a lot of people, it was a wonderful theory and it sounded great for a long time and a lot of people used it. 
nobody believes in Marxism anymore. We figured out it was useless, but my goodness, a lot of people fell for it a long time. There's a new one now called MMT, More Money Today. And everybody wants more money today, <laughs> you know that. Uh, and it sounds great. And maybe they're gonna try it and, and fall for it and use it, which just means more and more, it debases the currency one way or the other. And you better own some assets that will maintain their value. No, whether they just continue to print it or it's MMT or borrow it and spend it, whatever, this has always eventually led to higher inflation. All right, well, I'm gonna tug on that thread for a little bit because um, at, at different points in the past, um, you have, you know, I think made some very good calls in the commodity space, which is basically, you know, encouraged people to invest in hard assets. And if you're talking about a future where, uh, you know, the, the risk of inflation and high, maybe someday even hyperinflation, you know, could be possible. Um, one might presume that hard assets would be a good place to, to park capital if you're concerned about trying to preserve the, the purchasing protection of your, uh, the purchasing power of your wealth. Uh, do you still feel the same way? Well, this is not an opinion. This is a historic fact. Whenever currencies get debased, hard assets protect you. I, that's not an opinion, that's a simple fact. Uh, and yes, I expect that to happen again. Uh, for instance, I, I bought, bought gold all my life or nearly all my life, and I, but I stopped in 2010, didn't sell any, but in summer of 2019, I started buying gold and silver again, uh, not buying it today at the, at the moment because of the correction, but I expect to buy a lot more gold and silver because historically that has been a way to protect yourself and sometimes even to make a lot of money if you get the timing right. As you know, Adam, professors and media types say, oh, don't bother with gold, it's a barbarous relic, et cetera. It may be, but all of us peasants know that when things go wrong, we won't own some gold and we won't own some silver. I'm just another old peasant like all the rest of them. I'm going to buy more gold and silver, and I know that will protect me eventually and my children and probably other real assets as well. Great. Um, and we on this program have mentioned many times in the past months, uh, we share your outlook on gold and silver, Jim. We've, we've definitely been advising people uh, to, to certainly add it to their portfolios if they don't have it or to be increasing over time. You mentioned other real assets. I'm just curious, are there, are there any other ones that you think are worthy of considering at this point in time, whether agricultural or real estate, or I'm just curious moment, if you caught your I, eye. At the moment, I, I have been buying uh, agriculture, not in a month or so, but uh, yes, no, I've added to my agriculture. Agriculture is a disaster, Adam. You know, more people in America study public relations than study agriculture. The average age of farmers in America is 58. In Japan, it's 66. I can go on and on. The highest rate of suicide in the UK is in agriculture. I mean, it's a terrible place to be, has been. Uh, and But as you know, anything that's been in a long depressed market for a while, when it turns around, somebody makes a lot of money. And back to the Lamborghini drivers, they're going to make a lot of money. All right. All right. Um, when I say okay. Lamborghini drivers, I'm talking about the farmers eventually are going to have Lamborghinis. Right, right. And just for context for folks, before we started the program, we were talking and uh, uh, the folks from New Harbor who will come on in a bit, we're talking with uh, with Jim about how their farmers actually drive uh, sports cars. 
Um, all right, so- uh, He actually drive Ferraris in Massachusetts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, I just wanted to point out, Jim, I'm gonna put up a slide here, um, but uh, it shows that commodities uh, uh, valued relative to financial assets are at like a multi, several century low right now. Um, and so it does seem to, you know, give a, a, a additional firepower to the uh, the wisdom of, of at least putting some in your portfolio here. Uh, but of course, that's from a that's from a speculative gain standpoint. Of course, we're talking about the wisdom of buying some just to hold the preserving uh, preserve the purchasing power of your wealth. So it seems like many reasons to own them. Um, so where, where I want to go next, Jim, is just um, you've got uh, two daughters. We could just mention them a few minutes ago. Um, Let me just finish one. Yeah. Uh, I just have a thought. Um, sure. You know, silver's down 60% from its all-time high, 60%. Microsoft is not down 60% from its all-time high. You don't know much that's down 60%. Sugar is down 80% from its all-time high. I mean, Adam, in the in the... I hate to use the word commodity because it's a loaded term, but in the asset, real asset world, there are things that are down enormously, enormously, when things like Apple go up every day, every day. Bonds, oh, bonds, you talk about a bubble, bonds are in a serious bubble. Interest rates have never been this low in recorded history, never, never. We got some bubbles out there and we also have some, some depressed assets. As I look around the world, Commodities, especially agricultural commodities, are the most depressed asset class. Sorry, go ahead. You were asking about my daughters. Yeah, but I'm glad you mentioned that. So, um, so yeah, for your daughters. So, if we look forward, and, and let's say for a moment we get that um, depression that that you think you know, could happen, um, or whether it's or either way, we get we get a crushing uh, depression, or we we enter into a really highly inflationary regime, and the purchasing power of the currency is you know crushed. Um, what kind of hope, if any, do you see in this story for those of us like myself and you who have kids? Um, you know, do, do you see us eventually, once the system breaks, being able to get back to the type of prosperity we enjoyed for much of the 20th century? Or do you think the future is going to be different going forward and, and maybe more constrained in the type of growth we can have because of systemic limitations like, you know, oil getting more expensive or less resources per capita. I'm just curious, is, is there a hopeful end to the story that you see? Well, my, my, my younger daughter is 12 years old. So yes, there's hope someday for her. I'm not sure when and where, but you know, throughout history, Adam, yes, we've had at times history shown long periods when everything when prosperity is growing and many people are getting better off the last few years decades have been like that but we've also had long periods in history when things didn't get better for a long long time worldwide certainly in specific countries i mean venezuela used to be extraordinarily rich venezuela is extraordinarily catastrophe right now so yes we have these gigantic cycles throughout history I would suspect that the next time we have a problem, I told you it's going to be the worst in my lifetime, but it's the debt, the debt overhang, unless they just inflate it away, uh, that will ruin a lot of people. Uh, but many people will come out of that and make a huge fortune. You know, in the early 20s in Germany, they just inflated it away and ruined, ruined a lot of people. On the other hand, there were plenty of smart guys who bought stocks right, who bought property right, and came out of the early 20s in Germany, out of the catastrophe, very, very, very rich. 
So some people will come out of this, even if it is a gigantic catastrophe. Most of us will not do well. Uh, I hope I survive, much less do well. But no, you have to be very live. I urge you to watch peak prosperity and figure this out because there are gonna be lots of problems. And next time we have a bear market, it's gonna last a long time or they're gonna just destroy a lot of people by printing the money or renouncing the debt, defaulting on the debt. You know, in, in the Russia right now, many people are still collecting their Soviet pensions. Yeah, but the money's worthless. The Russian government said, we're paying you. We're paying you what we prom what the Soviets promised. Well, of course they are, but you're not going very far on your Soviet pension in current rubles, I assure you. But governments do that all the time, Adam. Governments aren't honest. If you trust governments, you're in serious trouble. Next thing you're probably going to do is tell me the Federal Reserve knows how to save the economy. Oh. <laughs> well, I told uh, you, what's her so name? What's her name? That uh, former Yale PhD says they, they can do it. Yeah. Uh, so many great points there, there Jim. Um, one really big one that you're making, which is, um, We've said this a lot over the years, uh, but you know what, what we see going on really in real time right now, but getting worse, is really a giant transfer of wealth. So to your point, Jim, like you know it happened in, in Weimar Germany. Um, yeah, the currency collapsed, but after it did, there were still the same number of factories of you know acres of arable farmland and whatnot. The thing that changed was just who owned them, right? And so it was the people who were paying attention, who positioned themselves prudently before it all happened. Uh, they were the ones that came out of it okay. And that I think is, is the, the big objective of all curious minded people watching this program and, and you know, reading your commentary, Jim, and reading other sites like ours is trying to figure out, okay, if this is most likely to happen, what steps can I take today to make sure that I have the lowest probability of becoming collateral damage? So I'm really glad that you, you underscored that. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, I, just the, quickly, um, I, I hate to keep interrupting you, but you know, even in the US, I was talking about Germany, but in the 30s, coming out of the horrible depression of the 1930s, there were guys who came out of that very, very rich. I mean, I could name you some names that became wonderfully prominent, successful, rich financial types. They went into the 30s, poor boys from Tennessee or the Bronx or something. And they came out very, very rich. So it can happen for people who are attentive and apply themselves. Great point. So um, as we kind of wrap up here, Jim, because I know it's very late your time and you've already given us more than I expected. So thank you so much. Um, but uh, let's just say, you know, I magically appointed you kind of, you know, king of the US, king of the world, whatever. Uh, what kind of policies would you be implementing? You know, it's easy to criticize, which we do all the time here, you know, the, the current people that are leading the system, because I do think they are making very bad decisions and, and following bad policies. But what type of policies would you like to see implemented? Well, history is pretty clear that if you run up gigantic debts, it leads to serious problems. Uh, we've had many reserve currencies or medium of exchanges in history. None of them have lasted. 100 years, 150 years max. So they've all disappeared. And the reason they've disappeared is because they got too deeply in debt. They spent too much money, borrowed too much money, printed too much, and usually got overextended militarily or politically, and they all disappeared. I mean, you probably don't know any many people who've got Dutch guilders in their pocket from 200 years ago when it was the world. Not too many. Reserve. 
uh, and I mean, I don't have to, you can go through history, you'll see it always happens. They get on top, the currency becomes the king, and then they disappear because they, they get overextended. That's what's happening now with the US. I mean, Adam, if I could go in and say to the US, okay, we're gonna stop spending, we're gonna stop all this crazy spending, we're gonna stop printing money, we're gonna balance our budget every year, you know, I would be assassinated. Even if everybody says, he's right, he's right, he's right. But eventually somebody's gonna say, this is too much pain. This is too much pain. I didn't, maybe he's right, but this is too hard. I don't wanna do this anymore, shoot, shoot the guy. So I, I can tell you what has to be done, but and I can tell you what has been done historically. The problem, Adam, is the main lesson of history is People don't learn the lessons of history. You know, you can sit and show them over and over. We have a guy in Washington right now who thinks either he doesn't know history or he knows he's smarter than history. He's much smarter than whatever history says. He doesn't have to pay attention to history and he can do it his way. Well, I know history smarter than he is and smarter than all of us. And all of this is going to lead to very serious, well, what I do, I told you, I'd balance the budget, blah, blah, blah. Use sound currency, stop spending money. I wouldn't last very long. The world would go into a very, very serious period of decline, a serious decline for a long period of time while we worked off the problems of the last 50, 60, 70 years. Um, or, or if there was some miracle way to just go in and say, okay, we start all over. But to do that, Adam, you wipe out a lot of people. If you wipe out all the insurance companies, all the banks, all the endowments, I mean, you, you wipe out a lot of people. All those people sitting there owning government bonds, for instance, are suddenly wiped out overnight. You don't get your medical insurance payments because the insurance companies are wiped out. So this is not a simple problem. I guess, I guess the answer to your question, if I were king of all the world and everything, I would resign. <laughs> that would be my solution. I would resign. Maybe I'd abolish the central banks and then resign. I guess I would abolish the central banks and then I would resign and run for the hills. All right. I think that's very wise. It's sad when uh, uh, advocating for sound money and living within our means becomes a, a radical and fatal act. Um, but anyways, um, makes all the sense in the world. And, and Jim, you know, I, I know from having read your work for many years that, that you are a real student of history. And uh, you know, I, th I think one of the problems we have right now is is it's a problem of human nature, right? Where uh, you know the course of history changes, but human nature really doesn't. And to your point, that's why we're sort of forced to repeat the errors of the past. Um, and I think right now, you know, everybody is hoping for uh, that there's some way out of here where we can avoid pain. And I think to your point, our, our choices really are just you know painful or more painful. And we just have to be smart about you know, which one we're gonna pick. And the honest answer is, is we'll probably delay because we're looking for the magical answer and then the system will decide for us. Reality will intrude on its own terms rather than ours. Uh, and then that's probably gonna be more painful than if we had taken some of these more austere um, and sensible approaches that you've been recommending. Oh, but anyways, um, I, I wanna end just to, to thank you for your time, uh, for the scope of the insights that you've shared with us. And Jim, if, if folks are interested in learning more about you and uh, you know your your observations, your work, et cetera. Is there a place they can go? I'm just a, I'm a simple person. I don't have nothing, no. I don't have anything to sell. Uh, but just want I just want to say there is an answer, a simple answer, and it's it's more money today. 
And I'm, I'm afraid we may see more of that kind of, I mean, the British are doing it already. They're not announcing it, but under the table, that's basically what they're doing. And more and more people are saying, this is a very good intellectually sound, positive answer. Let's do it. And then somebody else is going to say, it's an easy answer. And you're going to say, that's it. I need yeah. an easy answer. Wonderful. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So be careful. You should watch Peak Prosperity. Jim, a complete and total pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. And uh, would love to have you on again at some point in 2021 to see where we are in the story. Maybe by then all the M&T is already, already out in the system. We'll see. Boy, if that's true, the market's going to be 30,000 on the, on the S&P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if, that's happens, um, if that happens, we will be talking about it with uh, John and Mike, who are coming on next. Jim, thank you so much. Since it's so late your time, we're going to let you hop off and get some sleep. But uh, uh, you know, go home, get some sleep, wake up in the morning, hug your daughters, and, uh, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.